Amen. Hello and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. This podcast is made possible by our generous supporters, so if you'd like to partner with us in sharing the good news around the world, please visit amenpodcast.com slash donate or click the link in the bio. I'm Lokalani, your host, and today my husband, Alex, will be preaching from Mark 38 verses excuse me, Mark 15, verses 38 through 41. Among other things, the crucifixion shows us that Christianity is for outcasts. So those who are rejected by religion or their family, friends, and of course the world. And so it gives a place and a purpose um, for those who might be labeled as losers or just, you know, those that are tossed aside. And so... Let's discover more of you, um, who you are, in Mark 15, 38 through 41. So I'll read. Verse 38. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James the Younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. Mm. I love it. Someone said, I love what you said about being strong in the voice chat. Thank you. I'll start there. We We were talking in the voice chat on Discord. Shout out to the Discord. If someone wants to put the link in the chat, that'd be awesome. Um, Yeah, on the voice chat, I was saying something that God revealed to me, and that's that strength is not what you can do. It's how much you can take. The world says, wow, look how much he can lift. He can lift all this muscle. Oh, he can pull all these girls. Oh, he has this many followers. Or she gets this many likes. Or she gets this many, you know, duets and stuff on her video. And the world says, what you do is how strong you are. But Jesus says, what you can take is what real strength is. You see, I gave an example of a guy that gets pulled over. He's a big, strong guy. He gets pulled over by an officer for running a red light. And he's like, whoa, no, I didn't. It was yellow. And he blows up. A little old lady runs a red light and gets pulled over. And she's like, okay, officer, I'm sorry. Why? Strength. Real strength is not what you can do, how much people you can push back and how much violence you can do and how, how much you can flex on the world. That's not real violence. Real violence is what you can take. Look at how much Jesus took. He went from walking on water, healing people with a touch, people blind, people who can't walk. He, he did that with a touch. One time, he didn't even touch anyone. Someone just touched his clothes and they were healed. Mm-hmm. That's how strong he actually was. And then on the cross, look at what he took. He took the wrath of God towards sin on your behalf. You should have been up there. I should have been up there. What was squeezed into those three hours on the cross, which is what we're looking at today, is a mystery. It's a mystery how much suffering and wrath Jesus went through. We will never, ever really truly know how horrible that was, but it was bad enough for this man who was walking on water, healing people, and fully in control all the time, calm, cool, and collected every day, and then he's sweating blood out of his forehead. Under extreme stress, doctors call that hematotrosis. The worst stress anyone can ever be in, that would make you sweat blood from your pores. The little holes in your forehead, blood would be coming out instead of sweat. He went through that. 
So that just gives you a picture of how bad that was before. That was before he got on the cross. So imagine what it was like for him to get on the cross. I mean, you know people who have been stressed out. You yourself has been stressed out. You've never been stressed out to the point where you're sweating blood. I sure hope not. What was he going through? That is real strength. Show your strength, not in how much you can lash out or what you can prove with your life. Show your strength in how much you can take and be silent and turn the other cheek and give up your cloak and go the extra mile. You know, Jesus told us to go the extra mile with our enemies. He said if a, if a Roman soldier, you know, were to say, hey, go an extra mile, go this way with me, go to, Jesus says. Mm-hmm. That's my enemy. Why would I do that? Go the extra mile. Do more for your enemy than they expect you to. That's loving your enemy. How much can you take? That's what makes you really strong. Verse 30. I'm sorry, what was it? Verse 38. 38. Uh, And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This happened immediately after Jesus died. He breathed his last and then the temple curtain tore in half. What does that mean? There was a different court, uh, court temples. One Uh, different curtains in the temple. One curtain blocked the people from getting in the temple at all. And then there was another curtain that blocked people from going to the Holy of Holies. It's the most holy place in the temple. It's where God's presence dwelt in the people of Israel before Jesus came in the Old Testament. That's where they did church. But the priest, the high priest, the top dog, was the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies. And it wasn't all the time. It was very seldom. Once or twice a year, he went in this place. It was so holy. And the protocol he had to follow before he went in, he had to be clean, like clean, clean, before he went in there. If not, he would die. They, In fact, they would tie a rope to his leg in case he died. They couldn't go in to get him. They had to pull him out by the rope. That's how heavy this was. Jesus dies. The curtain rips. Anybody's in, welcome in now through believing in him. Trusting in him means... Those who are far from God are welcomed to get close to him. It means those who thought they were close to God realize they're not, and they realize the only way to get to him is through Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. I am it. That's it. There's no other way. The world will say there's other ways. Other religions claim to be other ways to God. There's not. The only thing that can cut down the curtain between us and God, the dividing wall of hostility between each other horizontally, Mm is Jesus. Amen. See, there's a wall between our brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. and humanity. You know, the people that you see every day, they're your brothers and sisters because you're both human. They may not be your brothers and sisters in Christ, but because you're humans, you're brothers and sisters. There's a wall between you two, though. You know what it is? It's this wall of hostility, this hostility that says, I'm better than you. At the end of the day, if we were to choose, we would choose people who are like us. We do that. It's a protective type thing that we do in our in human nature. We choose people that are like us. This is why Sunday mornings are so divided. Why? People go to churches that look like them, that reflect their ideals and that reflect what they look like. This just happens. It's sad. But this is why it's so bad with the BLM type thing. Everyone's fighting about race and this and that. And I'm sorry, I don't I don't I'm not on either side. I'm on God's side. Christianity doesn't doesn't mean fall in the middle. Christianity means be on God's side, which is a side that's completely outside the side that everyone's talking about. It's different. Jesus was different. Mm -hmm. I am a part of a kingdom, not a country. 
And so you don't put me in a political party because I'm not in one. I'm outside of it completely. And what Jesus did is he broke down the hostility between humans. Now humans can look at each other and say, I love you because I was first loved by God. I can love you because you're different and I'm different. And in God's eyes, I was so different. I was set apart so far from him. I was so stuck in my sin. I couldn't be possibly more different than God because I was a sinner and he's holy and he died for me. So despite our differences, Jesus came to save me. So despite our differences, my fellow human, I love you. I can show love to you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, if you do that, the people are going to know you're legit. It's true. They'll know you by your love, your love for one another. And then the, the wall and the curtain between us and God was ripped in half. Now we have access to God. You sleep on this access. I know you do because I do. You sleep on it. Get yourself up and spend time with God. You do not know what you're missing. It's not going to be this like hunky-dory, like, oh my gosh, look at all these like fairies twinkling around my head when I'm spending time with God, praying to God. It's not going to be like that. Sometimes you're going to be crying on your face. Sometimes you're going to feel chills. Sometimes you're not going to feel nothing, but he hears you. And sometimes you're not going to know what to say. But he promises to give you the Holy Spirit when you trust in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit does what? He groans for you in languages that we can't understand. Why? We don't know what to pray when we pray most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so in Luke 11, Jesus says, follow this outline. It's an outline for you to pray. But when you mess that up, and even when you're following the outline, guess what? My Holy Spirit is inside of you interceding. Now, the crazy thing is, Jesus allowed us access into the temple of God because Jesus made us the accessible temples of God. When Jesus died, he said, the reason why I'm cutting the curtain is because you're the new temple and my Holy Spirit is going to live inside of you. Mm. Do you not know that you've been made a, a temple for the spirit of the living God? He lives inside of you right now. And so you have access to God because of who's inside of you. So, Take God up on that, please. You're missing out on the power that you could be tapping into every day. Verse 39, then a Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he died, then exclaimed, this man was truly the son of God. This Roman officer was probably there the whole time. He at some point probably threw a punch. He at some point probably whipped Jesus with the cat of nine tails during the flogging. We talked about that a couple episodes back. He at some point was a part of the death of Jesus. Even though Jesus says, no man takes my life, I lay it down. So he thought he was responsible, but Jesus was allowing this to happen. He was willingly going to the cross to obey God's plan to save you and me, the elect, the chosen of God. But he sees how he died, the manner in which Jesus died. First of all, remember in the episode Silence, we talked about Jesus was silent the whole way. We were watching the first Ant-Man and in it, the bad guy, he tries to shrink a lamb. Why did Marvel choose that imagery? Because lambs are innocent. You know where they stole it from? The good book, the Bible. Jesus is the lamb of God because there's no other innocent animal. I mean, all animals are pretty much innocent, but this is the most innocent of the innocent animals. So innocent. It doesn't do anything. It just bad. It doesn't do anything. And that's a picture of Christ going to going to the cross, dying. And he sees that and he's like, wow. He saw how he died. He said, truly, this is the son of God. I've never, I've crucified a lot of guys. This man is different. He must be the son of God. I've never seen people act like this. When you reflect Christ, people will know you're different. People will know you're a son of God Mm -hmm. or a daughter of God. When you reflect him, don't forget his image is in you. Jesus' image is in you because he made you. 
And when he made you, he made you in his image. That image has been broken, but yet restored and redeemed through the cross so that when you live like him, people will be like, wow, what a sight that is. They're unlike what anything I've ever seen. Now, notice what Mark does. He allows the main character in this particular scene, the main character who sees Jesus, who is the real main character, he, let's say supporting character, he remains, a, he lets the supporting character be a Gentile. Come on, dude. If you're going to write for, if you're going to write about the Jewish faith, that's a no-no because the Jewish people, they don't like Gentiles. And, and what just happened? Jesus just tore down the curtain, tore down the dividing wall of hostility between Jews and Gentiles. Gentile just means non-Jew. The, the chosen race that God chose to bring his son into the world was Jewish people, but they let it go to their head, and they got influenced by the world. And they started to think, we're better than you. We're better than everyone else. And that's what was, when Mark said this, they would have been like, wow, of all people, in the scene, no one is getting it. No one is seeing what's happening. As the reader, we see what's happening. But then at the time, no one did except this man, a Gentile, a, a despicable person, a Roman soldier. He gets it. That means you are welcome. It doesn't matter how much of an outcast you feel. God has a story and a plan for you, for your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much of a loser the world tells you are, even if the church makes you feel like a loser. It, that doesn't matter. Because a Gentile gets it. And if he gets it, you can get it. If a Gentile can say, this is the son of God. If the Gentile can see the picture of the gospel laid out in front of him, that means he's welcome. That means you're welcome. And that means the things that you're going to say, the things that you're going to do, despite what the world thinks you are, despite what the church thinks you are, it's going to be amazing. The Roman Christians would have been like, whoa, Someone from our hood became a Christian at this moment. They would have been so excited. You know, as people back in your neighborhood, back in your circle, and there are people that no one is going to be able to reach but you. And God's going to reach them through you, from your hood of outcasts, mm -hmm. from your circle of losers that you come from. You're going to go back to those losers and say, guess what, losers? We're not losers anymore. We've been chosen. We're winners. You know, you're never more of a loser than when the option to win is right in front of you and you choose to lose. You choose not to take that. Mm. And guess what? That makes Jesus the ultimate loser. Because the world would say, hey, Jesus, winning would not be, winning would not be dying a horrible, despicable, shameful death. But they didn't know what real winning was. So Jesus says, listen, call me a loser because I'm going to choose to lose right now. And that's why Jesus identifies with losers because the world rejected him and said, you're not the winner. You're not the Messiah we want. Jesus says, okay, I'll be the loser you never asked for. And I'm going to, by losing, I'm going to win salvation for everyone. I'm going to redeem you. Amazing. And you are invited into that. That's what this picture of this Roman soldier is. Verse 40, it gets better. We get more losers show up. Welcome outcasts. You're welcome at the table of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene. Stop. Mary Magdalene had like seven demons in her. I mean, talk about outcasts. No one wanted to be around her. She was one of Jesus' closest friends. 
closest disciples. Some people think Jesus and her got married or they had a relationship. No, Jesus did not have a romantic relationship on earth. He wasn't here for that. He had a plan. He had stuff that he was doing. It wasn't that. So just pause on that. Women were seen as outcasts because they were seen as second-rate citizens to the rest of the world. Men had the more strength. They could work. They could do this. They could lift heavy things. They could go to war. They had more value. Jesus says, I don't like that. Women are seen as heroes all throughout the Bible. Why? God says you're equal. When Jesus died on the cross, what that meant was Jew, Gentile, woman, Greek, we're all on the same level. We're all equal because we're all been made in God's image. When he made Eve, he said, hey, hey, Eve, by the way, Adam's better than you. And you're just here like you're just another little animal. No. He said, from man, I've made you to help him. What does that mean? You, buddy, need help. We're equal. Women are seen as heroes in the Bible. And a lot of times when men are blowing it, women are picking up the pieces. It says that when he died, the women took care of the body. That's what's happening here. Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James, the, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. They were cooking for Jesus. They're making grilled cheese, fish sandwiches. They're they feeding Jesus. Don't forget, Luke tells us that Jesus had no home. He was homeless. I was telling that to my son last night before bed, and he said, oh, he's like the homeless guy that lives in our neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, that's something that him and Jesus have in common. They're both homeless. What an awesome point of conversation with that guy. Someone that feels like an outcast. Someone that feels like a loser in this world. Hey, I want you to know the, the person who made the world, made the universe, when he was on earth for 33 years, he was homeless. He said, foxes have dens, birds have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And yet, we think getting a bigger home and a nicer car is going to make us happy. When the man who came, who made everything and came to earth as God, 100% God, 100% man, he rejected that. What good is that going to do? The Bible tells us some trust in chariots. I'm going to trust in Jesus. You can trust in your truck. You can trust in your SUV. You can trust in your rims and how nice your, your, your car is. That's great. I'm sure you feel awesome about yourself when you're driving around your nice 2022 car. You trust in that. I'm going to trust in Jesus. That may, that may make you feel sick, but guess what? You're still sick and dead in your sin if you're trusting in that. I'm going to trust in Jesus because when the wheels fall off of your chariot, I'm going to be riding in Jesus' chariot to glory. I'd rather trust. Don't trust in the things the world tells you to trust in. Jesus didn't do those things. I mean, they were with Jesus from day one. These women were taking care of Jesus, and now they're seen as the outcast that Jesus says, they were there for me. As, a, as an outcast in this world, whether you're a girl or boy, you need to be looking for a spouse like this. Someone that it says, I'm going to identify with the death of Jesus in such a way I'm going to care for it. I'm going to carry it everywhere I go. I'm going to make sure people smell the stench of the death of Jesus on me because that's the sweet aroma of God upon me. I'm going to make sure I carry that everywhere. I'm not going to be like these other Christians who are just running away from God when things get hard, when things get dark. I'm going to make sure I identify with him to the death. That's what these women were about. Awesome women. You want to, men, you want to get a wife like this. 
We look for the wife that's like, oh, she gets this many likes. She's this. She's that. She posts these kind of pictures. She's a trophy. Guess what? I, I would just, I've seen me and my wife go on dates and we sit at restaurants and we see couples yelling at each other. Beautiful with a nice, you know, Louis Vuitton, Birkin bag, all this stuff. Beautiful, but yelling at each other. <laughs> you know, just someone that he probably thought was like, wow, she's so hot. She's so awesome. And then got with her and realized she's so disgusting and ugly on the inside. You want a woman like this. And a lot of times like, well, I want, she's got to be perfect. Mary Magdalene, if she got married later, she would have made a great wife with the seven demons that she had in her with in the past. You know, with her crazy life, guess what? She, she would have made a great wife. Why? Because she loved Jesus more than anything else. And you don't want a girl that loves money and loves success and loves Instagram more than she loves God and more than she loves you. You want a woman like this. You need to look for a woman like this. Because they wanted to identify with the death of Jesus. And men, you need to be like this. That's why Mark put it in here. He's showing all the men, hey, where's all the boys? They left Jesus. And he's saying, the women... They were, they were really showing up as a challenge to us men. We got to show up and identify. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. Come on. Yeah, I mean, Christianity is not a, a, Christianity has been used to belittle women and to push women aside. That's not the gospel. We're equal. What this is trying to show us is women, you are welcome at the table. You don't have to just stand up and serve the man. I hate that Christianity has become that in a lot of different circles. It's disgusting because it's not the heart of the Father. We're equal. And we just, men that preach the word and teach the Bible, they like to skip over this for their own agenda. To use people, not just women, but outcasts in general, losers in general. But Jesus died as an outcast so that we could be welcomed at his table as an outcast. You're going to feel this way, guys. If you do, you're doing something right. You're going to feel like people just don't understand you, or they just don't like you, or they're just an outcast. You know, I was talking to my friend yesterday, and he was like, well, why don't they like you? And I was like, to be honest, he was like, you're such a nice guy. Why don't they like you? And I was like, it's because of the light. I told him, I'm bright. I try to get brighter every day. It's the way I want to live. I want to live bright. If people are staring at you and treating you weird and ostracizing you and not wanting to talk to you and avoiding you and you're waving at them and they're looking the other way, that stuff is normal for a Christian because you're shining and the world wants to stay in their darkness. So keep shining. Keep being the outcast that God has called you to be because in heaven we will not be outcasts. Remember, if you're treated like an outcast, it's because this is not your home. You're an alien, Peter says. You're an exile in a land and your home is in heaven. And Jesus is going to appear and take you home to be with him. And you are going to be co-heirs with Christ. Not only are you going to be home and welcomed, you're going to be reigning there. Mm -hmm. That's your home. You're a co-heir with Christ. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much that we have a place, we have a home, we have somewhere that we're going to, and we can't wait to get there. And we pray, God, that as we live this life here on earth, that we would think about where we're going, that our sights and our mind would not be on this earth, but it'd be on heaven and where you're taking us. Thank you, God. And we pray, Father, that we would realize that, yeah, we're outcasts, but there's other outcasts out there that want to commune with us, mm -hmm. want to have community with us. Bring us together, Lord. Bring us together. Make us one. And let us encourage each other 
in our loserness that you love us and you died looking like a loser to the world so that we could look like winners to God. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This part of the episode is called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life. And so our question today is, in what ways do you feel like an outcast? And that is just an amazing question. Um, I think that when I most feel like an outcast is when I am living for the approval of man. When I'm living for the approval of this world, or I want to be accepted by this world, or um, even other Christians at times, that's when I feel most like an outcast. And I love what you prayed at the end of your prayer, just about being one in the body, because the times that I don't feel the weight of being different from the world is like when I'm in communion with God and when I'm in communion with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, yeah, I just think that's key um, is just knowing the Lord. So true. Yeah, and knowing that this world is never going to accept us, nope. and that's that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Like you said, we're doing something right. Um, and so... Yeah, I hope that that encourages you, and it's our prayer that this message will help you see your place and purpose in God's kingdom. And so until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.